game last night. We're going to talk all about that to begin the show. Uh, we're going to stick around also today uh, because uh, coming up at 5 o'clock, Bernie Olivas will be here for the um, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. Bernie, a very happy Bernie Olivas after what uh, happened uh, in our picks last week. We'll get to that coming up in our 5 o'clock hour. And then at 6 it will be the final UTEP football with Dana Dimmel show of the season. So if you would like to uh, have questions for the coach, come on down and uh, join us out here at uh, Rudy's. And uh, you can throw uh, any questions you want out at Coach Dimmel, who is preparing the minors for senior day against Liberty. And uh, that will be happening here one thirty on Saturday uh, UTEP and Liberty. Also, a must for the holidays. Uh, you know, you can always order your turkey and ham here at Rudy's and let them do all the work for you. In fact, three and a half pound turkey breast, $50, and a seven pound spiral glazed ham, just $65. You can order to reserve yours today and pay at pickup. That is once again out here at uh, Rudy's uh, Country Store and Barbecue on the west side of town here, I-10 and Artcraft, uh, where we are here today. All right, uh, so I probably went to sleep at 2 in the morning, uh, stayed up, did not doze off watching the UTEP game last night. I actually was able to watch the entire game between the Miners uh, and uh, their opponents, uh, which, uh, again, you know, you look at Cal and what they were able to do hanging around in that game, tying it late with six seconds left, and you just heard John Teicher uh, and the buzzer beater call, courtesy of 600 ESPN El Paso, uh, Van Wagner Sports, and UTEP Basketball. What a uh, what a shot it was. What a redeeming shot for Tay Hardy, who just moments earlier missed two foul shots, and those were very important foul shots because if Tay Hardy makes just one of two, it's a two-possession game. But instead he misses both. Cal comes down, and Cone ties the game with six seconds left before Hardy was able to drain the game winner from the left wing as time expired. It was a perfect shot right in front of the Utah bench. It rattled in and around. The Miners celebrated. It went uh, all over social media. For those of you that were up at, uh, just imagine, this game ended almost at 4 in the morning East Coast time. Think about that. You're up in New York, 4 a.m. is when that game nearly ended, about 3.45. It was a long, long night of college basketball. But Adrian, the Miners, at times I thought uh, they could have beaten uh, Cal by about uh, 15 points, but they weren't ever able to put them away. Give Cal a lot of credit. They stayed uh, and, and, and kept that game interesting. They tied it late. And from what I was told by uh, my brother who attended the game last night, he said it was like a home game for Cal. 90% of the fans that were there were Cal fans. They all traveled. So it was really not a neutral site game. It was much more like a home game for Cal than it was anything else. But the Miners, when the smoke cleared, were able to stay undefeated at 5-0. and and now punch their ticket into the SoCal Challenge uh, title game coming up at uh, 8.30 tomorrow when they play Bradley. What a 5-0 and start for the Miners, Steve. First off, they don't look um, – I, I, don't, 
I would say they didn't look rattled in their game last night against Cal. That's what's different about this team to me. I feel like despite all the adversity that they faced in that game, despite Cal, like you mentioned, hanging around, hanging around, and even tying it up late in that game, UTEP just was confident. They had so much confidence going into this game, and you could see how they're playing right now. It's unlike teams we've seen in the past where when they relinquish a lead late in the game that you start to wonder, uh-oh, how are they going to get offense or how are they going to get stops? This team is relentless. I like this group a lot. And, uh, yeah, just another victory for this group right now as they continue. I'm excited about this Bradley matchup, knowing how good Bradley really is. They're also 4-0 unbeaten like the Miners. The Miners are 5-0. and uh, But they've got some quality wins under their belt, and that Braves team is a really good squad. So the Miners will be tested uh, on Wednesday. It was a crazy game last night. Miners had five players finishing in double figures. Think about that. Five. Hardy along with Powell, Camper, Solomon, and Frazier. So, Adrian, the balance was there. Um, you know, the Miners uh, shot good from the line up until the very end when, um, you know, you had the two misses off that long. Uh, you know, Tay Hardy, who redeemed himself at the end with the three-point shot. They were very well. They, they were strong from the line. That was a big difference to keep them in the basketball game. And it just turned into a really enjoyable back-and-forth contest. Um you know, people that keep saying this team is different. That's the word I keep hearing from people, different. They don't give up. They don't, they don't sulk. They don't hang their head. All they do is keep coming back. They have fun. They're smiling and laughing all the time and having a good time on the court. And you could just tell, like, they're in great shape. I, I, don't you feel like last night they never really got tired? That's another thing. I mean, you're going up and down with that kind of defensive intensity, forcing turnover after turnover, running up and down the floor. They never slow it down. They are constantly going uh, up, up and down. And I feel like they don't really run out of gas, which is so incredible. Yeah, I felt like one of the things that uh, really stood out to me in yesterday's win for the Miners was their defense. And you can throw intensity, you can throw conditioning in that defensive mix. Uh, last night I left uh, that game thinking that UTEP probably has the best defense right now that we've seen across Conference USA. And that's throwing Liberty also in that conversation, knowing how good that team is. And remember, this is all early in the season. Let's talk in February when all of this really matters. Uh, but at least it's a good start for the Miners. Look at Zid Powell. I mean, struggle. Struggles yep. shooting, but kills it on the defensive side of the ball. And then Calvin Solomon is the team's best defender. He could guard, uh, you know, one through five legitimately. You watch him uh, play against guys like Cone, plays play against guys like Larson, and he's just getting in people's heads. I, I really liked the play from Calvin Solomon last night as well. I thought I thought that defense was my biggest takeaway uh, from this UTEP basketball squad. How many of you stayed up? Till almost, uh, what, 2 in the morning to watch the game. That's something else. There was no minor talk last night, and thank God there was no minor talk because I'm sure John probably wrapped up the postgame show by right around maybe a little after 2. Can you imagine if you went on the air at 2 and you didn't get off till almost 4 El Paso time? Because I guarantee you there were probably enough people watching that game yesterday that would have called in from either El Paso, California, or someplace else and would have talked about it because it was just one of those games. And I wonder how many El Paso wins started in at around 11.30, 11.40, 
and stuck around until that game ended before they were able to really, you know, to take it all in and 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 then how do you, how do you go to bed after that? That's another thing. It is a roller coaster ride. You win on a buzzer beater. How after that kind of an emotional game do you possibly turn the TV off and just go to sleep at uh, two in the morning? Yeah, great question because the way that this game really ended, it was exhilarating. It, it packed a lot of entertainment in this one, and it was just the opening round of this SoCal Challenge, which is also exciting in itself. Remember, this is UTEP's first win against a Power 5 team since 2020. They beat Arizona on the road on uh, Arizona's home floor, and now they're getting a chance to beat Cal uh, last night. So that it's the first time in a little while that the Miners have done this in non-conference play and the Miners again are undefeated to start off the season uh this team has a lot of you know they're, they're just a lot of fun Steve I think that when fans watch this group whether it's Corey Camper coming off the bench it's uh guys like David Terrell Jr. who do all the dirty work or Otis Frazier who kind of gets overlooked when you're talking about the better players on this team uh yeah I think that there's a lot of things to like from a fan's perspective about this group I agree. So we got plenty of time to take phone calls. Uh, and by the way, uh, terrific job, Adrian, uh, earlier this morning, taking the game-winning call uh, of John Teicher and matching it to the uh, video from CBS Sportsnet and letting people hear the call with the way the game ended uh, on the television picture. That got a ton of reaction uh, from X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, through all of our uh, followers at 600 ESPN El Paso. Alfonso Frias uh, messages in with, I love it when Teich gets excited. He's had a front row seat to all the lows of YouTube athletics, and you can tell he is genuinely excited. Ivan, nothing beats this version with John Teicher. Um, Adolfo. At Braves fan thirteen thirteen, he's the best around. He has been one of the best ever. This is from G Champion. Love this from the best voice around. Um, and you just see those kind of comments. Carlos Silva Jr. The good stuff. Talking about the call with uh, with Teich uh, allowing us to play the game winner, and um, a lot of great uh, great calls. Nine one five Sun City Capper. Taisha just stay in California for Saturday's basketball game. Uh, meaning not come home to do the uh, Utah football game on Saturday. But no, John will be back for the football game. Rip City Trades, best version. Taish doing his thing. Rachel Phillips, John Taisha is on another level. Chi-Town Minor, the GOAT. Loved all the comments we received from playing uh, the, uh, from matching up that call and letting Minor fans enjoy it the way John called it, Adrian. Terrific stuff. Yeah, I love the call, and uh, what a game winner, right? Because they didn't even flinch. I thought Joe Golding illustrated it really well in the postgame interview with John Teicher. The team did not flinch when Cal hit the game-tying uh, three-pointer. It was just Zid Powell on one end of the floor bringing up the ball. He would have taken the shot had Tay Hardy not taken the shot, but Zid Powell, a guy who can be selfless and pass that off to Tay Hardy, how many other guys are taking that shot? I mean, we've seen Good it point. before in 
UTEP history, that uh, ball handler usually takes that final shot, and then maybe the game goes to overtime. Maybe Cal's able to steal this one. But no, he finds the wide-open Tay Hardy, who rattles in a three-pointer. What a heads-up play right there. And that's a veteran backcourt right there that could be uh, contending for the best backcourt in Conference USA. You're right. Um, we've got a couple of awards to hand out during the first hour of the show. You're going to get a chance to hear the hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. We also have our player of the game, which we'll announce, uh, which is brought to you by Timothy Cantrell. So we'll do that coming up uh, here in the first hour of the program live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Uh, not to mention Bernie will be by at 5 o'clock for our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. The final UTEP football with Dana Dimmel coming up here at 6 from Rudy's. Let's Go to the phones. Begin with Orly, who's our first up this afternoon. Orly, welcome. How are you? Well, that was a long game. Yes. That was a long game. But you know what? Our free throw shooting was better. It was 30 out of 37. And how ironic he was 7 for 7 until the last two. Well, And, he had the ch- and then he got the chance to have the game winner. Great. But there's a reason why he missed the last two, Orly. He was iced by the officiating crew who spent countless minutes watching video for some stupidity. There was no foul. It was obvious he got fouled with one second on the clock. They could have sent him to the line instead of stopping the game. They took that game over, and unfortunately, that game lasted way too long. Oh, yeah. They had a lot. Anyway, they won. Now they pay Bradley. Bradley, didn't we just lose to them two years ago or last year in the Sun Bowl tournament? Uh, that is definitely correct. We uh, yes. UTEP lost to Bradley in the final game of the Sun Bowl Invitational in year one of Joe Golding while he was here. So that was the championship round. Uh, Bradley was really good back then. And, yeah, they beat the Miners at the Sun Bowl Invitational 73-66. Well, apparently they're still very good. Yeah, they're good. That's going to be a tough challenge for them. Say, real quick, uh, watching the game last night and watching, uh, what's his name, Kelsey dropped the ball, uh, fumbled the ball. you think maybe there's a Taylor Swift jinx on this team now? That's been talked about. That has been talked about. You're not the first. You won't be the last. Yeah, when she's, uh, when she's not there... Uh, the Chiefs have lost. I think she's undefeated so far. So, you know, they might need to bring Swift back for games just to make sure he's got his mojo. I love it, the Taylor Swift jinx. <laughs> but it wasn't him. The wide receiver's wide open. I don't Wow, he just dropped that ball. As a 49er fan, you wanted the Eagles to get beat. Oh, I guess go. hopefully we'll have to take care of it in two weeks. Let's hope so. Orly, appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Let's duck in George, and then we'll come back after the break as we continue here live uh, from Rudy's. George, welcome aboard. How are you? I'm doing awesome, bro. It was well worth it staying up until wee hours of the night, watching the miners, you know, pull it off against the Golden Bears. Uh, The only thing I didn't appreciate is is the commentating. I mean – the the commentators that were on CBS Sports were, like, poking up the Golden Bears. And, you know, we're like the Rodney Dangerfield of basketball. We get no respect whatsoever. I, I really honestly think this group of kids are, are, are really special, and I think uh, they just showed out. They showed out what they had, and uh, I agree with you. It should've, they should have run away with the ball, with the game. 
But all in all, the defense was great. The free throw shooting was excellent, and yep. the the three pointer counted at at when it should have counted. And uh, I'm glad we went away with the victory. Yeah, that makes two of us. I'm glad uh, this team was able to win, too. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not, but they were able to pull it off. And look, I thought the coach who was there doing the game, I thought he was pretty complimentary. He talked a lot about Joe and uh, being at his shoot around and, and how much he loved it and was talking about Joe and the team. And I mean, when the Miners were running, I thought they were pretty complimentary towards UTEP. But they, were they a little biased towards Cal at times? Sure. But I didn't feel like it was anti-UTEP. I thought, I thought it was okay. I, I really did. Well, I mean, I, I, I do agree with you, but, I mean, I, I still see it as it was more even, I mean, uh, as you said, it was in San Juan Capistrano, so I mean that's really close to Cal. Not as close, but you know, you would see that there would be a lot of Cal fans there. Well, let's put it this way, okay? If you ever want to really enjoy the experience, what you do is you turn down the sound of the basketball game on TV, and you turn up John and Steve, and then you get the best of both worlds. You get the video feed, and you get the audio from 600 ESPN El Paso. Because it was insane he- hearing the 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 play being called by John. It was just amazing. It just I was I was doing cartwheels in my <laughs> watching the game because it was that intense. That's awesome. Love it, George. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for getting in. Good start here on our Tuesday edition of Sports Talk. Bernie's going to be by at 5 for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. we got more in a moment, but first, with the band back together again and Mario Gonzalez reuniting with me after years for the first time in a while, let's swing it out to Charlie One and get our first traffic update. Ending tonight's show, have a question and want to voice a question for the coach you will be able to do that here tonight during UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. Um, now, some people are wondering, and they've already been asking, am I going to be asking the, the questions that everybody wants me to ask? And, and I know what those questions are. And the short answer to that is, no, I will not. And I'm going to explain to you why. This is not Dana Dimmel appearing on Sports Talk as a special guest where we can ask him whatever we want. This is his coach's show that he is under contract for as part of UTEP, meaning it's his show. This is not our show. This is his show. It airs on our radio station. And therefore, we will do the show the way it's been done before to honor uh, the radio show that he has. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't come down here to Rudy's and be part of the program. In fact, we've, we've said this for years as we've been running coaches' shows on this radio station that if any fan wants to come by and has a question for Coach, regardless of what that question is, we've got a microphone and we will give you the opportunity to uh, ask away anything Coach wants to ask. So if some of you are want to throw those kind of questions out of Coach, hey, my, adv- my invitation is come on down. we got the whole patio out here. We've got about 10 tables, maybe 12 tables with a lot of seats. You can probably seat about 50 people out here tonight, and we invite all of you to come down. And if you've got questions for the Coach, this is the time to do it. It is the last opportunity of the season for you to do it. So uh, that's my best advice, 
And uh, like I said, we will give you the opportunity. We'll give you the mic. And uh, if you want to come and, and fire questions out of Coach Dimmel, you absolutely can because the idea is this is uh, his show, but we always accept questions from the crowd. We are not going to tell you that you cannot ask questions. You absolutely can, but that's my best advice, Adrian, for people wondering you know, how this show is going to go tonight. Well put, Steve. I feel like you, you covered all of it. If you want to ask a question to Coach, just head on out to Rudy. He's on the west side. Yep, absolutely right. Um, anyway, and that's and, and, and something else. I, I, I should mention this. Other media members have in the last few weeks asked some of those questions to Coach uh, Dimmel that you've been wanting to know. They have. They've, they've, you know, Rachel Phillips has asked that question to Coach. Colin Deaver has asked that question to Coach. And uh, he has answered it uh, in a way that, uh, you know, he doesn't get uh, – he's not getting upset. He's not going to start yelling at uh, the people for asking that question. But he's also – you know, if somebody wants to ask Dana Dimmel, are you coming back next season? Or do you think you'll be back next season? It's a great question. And, you know, I, I think he'll answer it yes because that's how he's been talking to the media locally about it. And I feel like, you know, that's how he's going to – you know, he's going to answer it. But unless you throw those questions out there today during uh, the last hour from 6 to 7 – for you to have football with Dana Dimmel, that's the only way we'll know. So, again, you're all invited. It's here at Rudy's. We have a microphone. We are awaiting uh, minor fans. And uh, you can ask and, and fire away whatever you want. And, by the way, also, special guest today will be Cade McConnell. So, he will be joining us as well, Adrian during the uh, Utah Football with Dana Dimmel show. Last week it was Torrance uh, Burgess. Today it'll be Cade here at Rudy's. Man, what a great guest. Uh, Somebody who is our very own. So, uh, yeah, maybe you should take, uh, or maybe I should take over the internship papers to you, Steve, now that the season's starting to wind down. We can finalize things here for the spring. Yeah, get him ready to go for his spring semester. That would be perfect. And then we could put him to work for basketball and let him start covering Utah basketball among other things for us. I agree with you. I'd love that. So anyway, um, I do want to uh, you know, get to more phone calls. We've got lines available, 505-6009. That is our telephone number, 505-6009 here on Sports Talk as uh, we get going uh, on the show. Um, again, you want to react towards the game? From last night, we'd love to hear from you. We are going to give out awards today. We've got Bernie standing by 30 minutes from now. A very happy Bernie Olivas because he had the greatest gain ever in one week for the uh, Chick-fil-A Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. In fact, he is uh, he has been grinning since Saturday night, and I think I still see that smile on his face, and we will not be – and that smile will probably be lasting through the rest of today, and we'll tell you why when he comes up and joins us. Bottom of the hour, when we return, we'll not only give out some awards and get more of your reaction and comments, but also how big was that win for the Eagles last night over the Chiefs, and what kind of implications could that have on the NFL? We'll talk about that as well as we send it back right now to Adrian, standing by with this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, appreciate that. Um, how about Aaron Rodgers jogging and eyeing practice in two weeks? That is interesting to me. He wants to come back in two weeks, which means by then the Jets will be four and eight, 
and uh, the season will practically be over. But uh, that would be something to keep an eye on if that ends up happening. Like, I was looking at the Jets' schedule, right, from here on out with Rodgers. They're going to play the Dolphins, the Falcons, and the Texans all at home. So, you know, they got a chance. They could they could beat the Falcons at home. As far as the Texans go, that'll be a tough battle for them. And then they got the Dolphins in Miami uh, before they play the Commanders. But then their schedule softens up at the Browns. Um, let me see who else they play here. At the Browns and at the Patriots to end things. So I'm going to be really interesting, interested to see how things go uh, with the Jets the next few weeks. I really am. As far as last night's win by the Eagles, that was a huge statement for them going into Kansas City, uh, beating the Chiefs, and uh, most importantly, I mean, the Chiefs still have the division locked up. they got a two-game lead over Denver, and they've got a two-and-a-half-game lead over the Raiders. So Kansas City is still sitting pretty. But what about the Eagles now? Nine and one after that game, Adrian. So they have the best record in football right now, and uh, that's a pretty big statement win for them going on the road and uh, and taking care of business in KC. Yeah, I still feel like uh, the Eagles and the 49ers are the two best teams in the NFL right now. That's just how I would see it, uh, how it looks right now to me. Uh, and I thought Jalen Hurts didn't particularly play well for the Eagles last night, and they still get it done. That's just a testament to this team. I mean, when you really look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they have the best run game across the NFL, bar none. You could throw anybody in that backfield, and they're going to get some yards based on that offense. Offensive line. Uh, A.J. Brown is one of the more dynamic receivers. And yesterday was Devontae Smith. They didn't even need A.J. Brown to have a stellar game. And the defense got it done as well. I felt like Casey had way too many opportunities yesterday. And maybe this game or in this loss specifically is better for Kansas City in the long run, knowing that they need to uh, refine some things in their receiving core. Mahomes yep. can have a great game. They can have a, a productive game from their offensive line. But that still doesn't mean they're going to pull off these games in the late situation. So when you have Mahomes, you always have a chance. But when you don't have skill position players like uh, some of these other top dog teams like the 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles, uh, then that's where Kansas City struggles in these losses. Eagles have the Bills and 49ers at home over the next two weeks and then at the Cowboys at the Seahawks. So I think for the next four weeks, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what Philadelphia does. A lot of fun. And meanwhile, as far as the Chiefs go, uh, they have, following their home loss to the Eagles over the next four weeks, uh, the Raiders on the road, the Packers on the road, home versus the Bills, and at the Patriots. So you think about that. Raiders are still reeling. Uh, Packers, uh, it's just not good. I could, and then they've got the Buffalo Bills at home. I could easily see with the Patriots on the road, Kansas City rebounding and going four and zero the next four weeks. Yeah, I'm at worst. I see them going two and two, and that's absolutely worst case scenario right there. So I'm with you. I feel like uh, they'll run the table. They'll be right in that conversation with Baltimore for best record in the AFC. Remember, only one team gets a bye out of the uh, yep. out of the AFC or out of the playoffs, I should say. And I feel like it's really important to get the number one or number two seed in the AFC, knowing that Houston's 
kind of lurking there at the, as the sixth seed. You got Cleveland out there. No one wants to play the Browns in the first round of the playoffs, knowing they have a defense like they do. Uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of how I would look at it from a playoff view. Jacksonville, Miami, right behind Kansas City uh, here at three and four overall in the playoff picture. So yeah, those are the only two teams you'd be worried about if you're Kansas City. I'm with you. And by the way, the Chiefs just need guys that can catch the football. Let's be honest. I mean, I know it wasn't Mahomes' best night. That interception he threw was a bad one. But he had a lot of drops, a lot of plays that that should have been points that turned into uh, miscues. So even though Philadelphia hung on to win the football game, if the receivers do what they're supposed to do, Kansas City wins that game yesterday, and there's no and and there is no W for Philadelphia. Really disappointed on my side in Justin Watson. I mean, everybody's going to look at the Marquez Valdez Scantling drop for a touchdown. Yeah. That was a walk in touchdown, no doubt about it. But I felt like they could have uh, got more out of Justin Watson. Uh, they're just not getting production out of these guys. Kadarius Tony is still uh, a very meh receiver. They're without Richie James, without Justin Ross right now due to injuries. So they're having to do with guys like Mikko Hardman and Rushy Rice, uh, the rookie out of SMU. It's just not a talented wide receiver group, in my opinion. And when you're not having a stellar game from Travis Kelsey, who struggled last night as well, then that really sets the Chiefs back. By the way, the uh, news that uh, the Steelers today fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada, which uh, Mike Tomlin said was his decision alone and nobody else, um, you know, that's a uh, that's a big move. And you start to think about that. Um, I don't know how many years Canada's been there. I think he was he's been the Steelers offensive coordinator since 2021. But how about this? It's the first time, Adrian, that the Steelers have made a head coach or coordinator change in midseason since 1941, according to ESPN stats and information research. Wow, that's uh, that just tells you right there. The Steelers are loyal to their staffers, and they never make a change in the season unless something absolutely has to happen. And I think this was long overdue. I mean, come on. Yep. Uh, Mike Tomlin falling on the sword here saying it was his decision. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a front office decision. Everybody kind of collectively came onto this and said, hey, they've got to move on from Matt Canada. And I think uh, Steelers fans are hoping that maybe this energizes this offense a little bit more and unleashes guys like George Pickens, who's been disappointing as of late, Najee Harris, who uh, you know, he was very critical about the offense. Maybe this re-energizes all of them and the Steelers start to show more offense moving forward. We'll see. I mean, Eddie Faulkner is going to be the new offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh, but apparently quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan is going to take the bulk of the play-calling responsibilities. So we will see. And, and, and this is also an interesting stat the Steelers are the only team in the NFL where the offensive play caller is neither the offensive coordinator nor the head coach. So we'll see how that ends up going now that uh, Canada is out uh, in Pittsburgh. All right, 39 past the hour. As promised, we have awards to hand out from last night's UTEP win. We'll do that as we continue live out here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, where just for the holidays, you can order a three-and-a-half-pound turkey breast for just $50 or a seven-pound ham spiral-glazed for $65. They also have a full catering menu for parties of 100 or more, as well as group meals and a a terrific uh, breakfast menu featuring tacos made to order 
daily until 10 a.m. It's Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue online at rudys.com. Our home today for sports talk and UTEP football with Dana Dibble coming up here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Uh, Giants ball cap on with his, with his Adidas, uh, black Adidas look. He's, you know, and he's got his shoes. He's all decked out. He's all Adidas today. Pinky is the best when it comes to that, Adrian. He's just, uh, he looks like he's worked for Adidas. Good he stuff, really Pinky. Yeah, I love yeah. it, man. That's good. That's really good. Hey, we're live. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, uh, I-10 Artcraft, uh, here with us on the west side of town. Hanging with you till uh, UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. A little more than an hour from now, as we mentioned. Bernie's going to be by at 5 with the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. We'll find out from Bernie who he thinks will be here for the game. We'll pick our games as well. And uh, looking forward to that. Uh, this week's guest picker, Adrian, none other than former UTEP quarterback Rocky Perez, who will join us on the phone lines today while we uh, make our picks. Oh, great news, Steve. It's always great to catch up with Rocky Perez, either Perez, brother. I love Mike That's and right. I love Rocky. There you go. Me too. Um, all right, let's give out awards from uh, last night's game. And uh, UTEP with a three-point win over Cal. As a result, they will play Bradley tomorrow, 8 30. Our coverage starts at 8 o'clock on the countdown to tip off, and then we get ready for the Miners uh, and uh, Bradley in the championship of the uh, SoCal Challenge, the title game uh, from uh, San uh, Luis Capistrano, uh, California. Uh, let's talk about, uh, first off, our hot hand of the game, brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. A lot of people we could choose here. There were five players finishing in double figures. Who gets the hot hand uh, from yesterday's game? It goes to Calvin Solomon, Steve. I thought he was the best defender on the floor on both sides. Uh, the stat sheet won't show it in all the steals, uh, but I love what Calvin Solomon was able to do. He had two blocks. He also contributed with 13 points, was 7 for 8 from the free throw line. Line. Uh, I know he had a technical, but I thought that was really ticky-tack as far as the technical foul was uh, concerned. And so as a result, uh, for Calvin Solomon Jr., he is our hot hand of the game after last night's performance. I agree with you there. That's a good one. Um, and I love that. Our hot hand of the game uh, brought to you by um, Wind Supply uh, of El Paso. By the way, uh, the good news is I know the weather is starting to cool off a little bit, which is nice. It really is because all of a sudden, folks, uh, you know, highs are now in the 60s and 70s rather than the 80s, 90s, and 100s. And before you know it, things are going to really start to cool off. But let me tell you something. If you want to keep your house nice and warm this uh, winter season, look for a champion heater and a heating system. In fact, you can go online to windsupplyalpaso.com, click the Find a Dealer tab, and you will see the champion dealers uh, nearest you, including the certified champion elite dealer, uh, dealers, and then just tell them you heard it on 600 ESPN El Paso, and you would like to uh, talk to those folks at Wind Supply about uh, getting hooked up with a champion heater. That's the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Now, time for our player of the game, brought to you uh, by uh, Timothy Cantrell. Uh, again, a lot of choices here, Adrian. Who are we going with? 
I thought there was only one here on this one, Steve. Tay Hardy. Got to give it to the man who won it for them and hit the buzzer beater to win it for the Miners. 16 points for Tay Hardy. He was also 7 for 9 from the free throw line and contributed in a big way defensively. He had five steals, uh, only two turnovers in the game, and Tay Hardy playing 32 minutes of action. He was all over the floor and hits the biggest shot of the game. Let's give him the player of the game. Uh, Brought to you by Timothy Cantrell Realty. I love that. He's been uh, your trusted real estate agent, folks, with over 20 years of experience. If you're ready to take the next step, you can call or text Timothy at 915-204-8441. And don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. All right, so awards have been given out. The Miners will play again uh, coming up uh, tomorrow at 8. Uh, 30 and good news adrian we will have minor talk tomorrow after the utep bradley game that's right steve it's a big night uh for minor talk tomorrow it's a it'll be a while until we get to saturday and i was uh posing the question to the uh, brain trust for minor talk and everybody it was a resounding yes as far as us doing it uh tomorrow evening so we're fired up about it we're ready to go and yes minor talk presented by the australia at the agency we'll have it for you right after the game Excellent. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of great questions uh, carried over from the win over Cal into the Bradley game. And by the way, uh, you know, this is going to be a very, very tough challenge for UTEP. In fact, I believe uh, as of right now, UTEP is, I saw, I think it was about a uh, three or four and a half point underdog against Bradley. Um, I, I haven't seen the line posted on ESPN, but I think that's what I heard from uh, you know others that are following this game. So I think UTEP will come in as an underdog to Bradley. Interesting. I haven't seen any line come out on this game yet, but that's a really interesting one right there. Uh, I would expect Bradley to be favorites. They're a top 100 team in college basketball right now. So yeah, it should be a great one. I'm just really looking forward to the Miners playing against their best opponent right now uh, in Bradley. I am too. I am too to see what ends up happening uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, four and a half point favorites is what Bradley is right now against UTEP. So there you go. Four and a half points. All right. When we come back, Bernie and the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. It's going to be a good one, folks. Can't wait to get the latest as we're close to the matchups. The Thanksgiving parade, a lot going on. We'll catch it all up with Bernie next. It's Sports Talk Live, 600 ESPN El Paso. And Adrian brought us. And with that, we welcome you back to the show. It's our number two here on Sports Talk. Coming your way live, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue here on the west side of town. This is real Texas barbecue, folks. In fact, whether it's brisket, uh, you can have the regular or the moist turkey breast, pork loin, spicy chops, pork ribs, baby back ribs, half chicken, regular jalapeno sausage, pulled pork, even prime rib on weekends. Rudy's has it for you. They've got smoked potatoes in the mornings, breakfast tacos, sandwiches, everything you might imagine. And just in time for the holidays, they have turkey and ham smoked for you. A three-and-a-half-pound turkey, just $50 for that turkey breast. And a seven-pound spiral-glazed ham, $65. Hey, you want to order? You can reserve yours today and pay at pickup here at Rudy's and online at rudys.com.
Now, very happy to have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch with Bernie Olivas as we are just uh, two days away from the Glasheen, Valles, and Inderman Sun Bowl Thanksgiving Parade right around the corner. And uh, then, before you know it, it will be uh, the announcement for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game. Welcome back, and uh, man, oh, man, are you ready for Thanksgiving, Bernie? Absolutely. We've been out there uh, with Joe Dabak, our special events director, helping put the final touches on the floats. And if you like color, boy, you need to get out here to this parade. Some of those floats are so colorful, they, they really look good. Oh, that's awesome. And, of course, you know, the theme is rock and roll extravaganza, and it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of good music going down the parade route. So I can encourage everybody to come on out. Uh, the weather's supposed to be really nice, so uh, come on out. Weather-wise, it will be really nice. In fact, probably in the morning, somewhere in the uh, 40s, warming up to the 50s, high of 61, a perfect Thanksgiving here in El Paso. No rain and apparently no wind, so come on out and enjoy before you go out and go back home and eat some turkey and, I guess, watch the Cowboys. Now, that's a, yeah, you know, that's usually a tradition <laughs> for a lot of people out there. Um, and then we've got college football uh, Thanksgiving weekend. We've got the NFL playing on a Friday, Black Friday as well. A lot of, a lot of football for fans, that's for sure. And we're getting, and we're getting close to see who is going to find out who is going to play in the 90th, 90th Tony the Tiger Sumball football game on December 29th. All right, let's, uh, let's start with uh, what we think could happen. Let's begin first with the Pac-12 since uh, this is the final year of the Pac-12, the way it stands, although... Don't tell that to uh, Washington State and uh, Oregon State because they are now going to be in total control of this conference, at least for the time being. Bernie, what are we looking at as far as potential teams that could be coming to El Paso? Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's an important game being played on, in the Pac-12 side, and that's Oregon State at, at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both pretty good football teams. But if Oregon State would happen to be in Oregon, I think uh, it's, it's going to work out well for us. As a matter of fact, I, I still think that uh, the Pac-12 is going to get two teams in the New York Six. And uh, I sat there with uh, Jay Pritchard, our, uh, our marketing director, and went over every scenario possible. And I think the possible teams for the Tony Tiger Sumble right now, if everything, if, if, all, the, if all the favorites win, okay. would be a USC, a Utah, a UCLA, and that's about it. Could we possibly see Oregon State if they lose to Oregon? You know, Could that fall into play? I would say probably long shot? a long shot only because uh, my friend over at the Holiday Bowl has said that they would like Oregon State and they pick ahead of us. And so I think I think they will take him, but I think be honest with you, I think it's going to be down to uh, USC or Utah, and both of those teams would do us very, very well. Now, you mentioned UCLA. We obviously know that if you've been to the game last year, that means that uh, you do not have to pick them a second time in a row. However, it is important to note that UCLA reached out to you to ask about potential interest for them coming back and, and playing in the bowl again next uh, or this uh, next month. The, the only way that UCLA could possibly wind up in the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl is if, and this is a big if, if the Pac-12 would get three teams in the New Year Six. You know, one in the Rose Bowl, one in the Fiesta Bowl, because you have obviously you have Washington, Oregon, and you know, uh, Oregon State could possibly, if they beat Oregon. Uh, this weekend, 
They have a, a possibility of going to New Year's Six. It's a long, long shot, but if that would happen, then UCLA would, would fall into our laps again. Wow. Okay, so those are essentially the possibilities. Um, that's the Pac-12 side. That's correct. What about, uh, for now, what we're seeing on the ACC? It's a little different than the Pac because normally you pool teams and uh, you list your choices uh, from – one down, and then the conference looks to assign teams to different bowls. What are you hearing right now for the ACC? There's a, there's a key game this week in the ACC, and that would be that would be the well. There's two: Clemson at South Carolina, and the UNC, the North Carolina against uh, North Carolina State. Okay, those are pretty key games. If Clemson beats South Carolina, which I think they're favored, then they would be out of our picture. They'd go to a bowl. They'd, they'd go either the Gator Bowl, the Pop Tarts Bowl. Or the um, uh, what's there, the other game? Wait, wait, there's a there's a pop tart holiday, and yes, this this yeah, there used to be the Cheez Its Bowl. The Cheez Its Bowl is now is the pop tarts bowl. Pop tarts bowl. I point out that that they're both Kellogg's brands. Mm. They're both Kellogg's brands. So Kellogg's has three. They're sponsoring three bowl games: the Cheez Its, which is another Orlando game. Yeah. And then they have the t- Pop-Tarts and the Tony the Tiger Sumble. Would they dump Cheez-Its on the winning coach like they dump Frosted Flakes? Has at, that been a, a after tradition? After they watch this on TV, yeah. They, they decide they, they, they want they, to do that. You know, everybody's doing that. They're French yeah, fries, but, but here's mayo. The I've seen all that. Kinds, all kinds of things are being dumped on there. And that started with Arizona State when uh, they poured, you know, Frosted Flakes over uh, uh, Herm. I don't I remember. Uh, I don't know how you dump Pop-Tarts on a coach because they're large and that would actually, Adrian, don't you feel like that would hurt if somebody tried well, to dump Pop-Tarts they, on a coach? Maybe they have those like Pop-Tart uh, minis or like Pop-Tart uh, cereal or something like that. Maybe there's something uh, different from Pop-Tart that you can actually like uh, shower a coach on. Yeah. yeah, that's a new trend now. We'll see what happens. But we, we like our Frosted Flakes. Believe it or not, we've thought of putting... Uh, Milk. Oh my God! Have like a <laughs> and, make, and make it a real, you know, Gatorade bath. Like that would they, be wild. Like they milk. used to, but well, but here's the thing: if you did that, you would have to put the milk in at right before you pour it on them because you, the that's, last thing you want is soggy cereal. You want to make sure that the that the cereal that's poured on him is still crispy and not soggy. We won't do it because UTEP has a brand new turf mm. on there, and we do not want to put any foreign substance on ah. that thing. So you can you can vacuum up all the frosted flakes you want to, but that I think the milk, milk would be tough. I think milk would, would leave a stain. We're not going to do that. Yeah, you don't want to have milk stain on the new field. That would be a disaster for you. Okay, so um, let's just say uh, if Clemson is not involved, who else could be in the mix to go opposite potentially Utah or USC? And like I said, we'll know for sure on December 3rd, but I believe that if Clemson is out of our picture, I think the next step would be Miami, which would be really good. Uh, how about a USC-Miami matchup in the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl? That would be a, a great matchup. Now, like I said, it, it's a great – luckily, we're, we're, we're looking at the, the names on the front of the shirts and now the ones on the back. But we all know that if USC comes, and I think there's a big possibility that USC could be here. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams will probably not play, and a yeah. lot of those guys will not play. But still, uh, you know, we're looking at the, the, the names on, on the front of the shirts, not the ones on the back. And I still think that USC against Miami would be a great matchup. You know, last year, uh, Pitt lost his, you know, Pickett lost, you know, he, he had not to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, old Patty came in and did a heck of a job and, and, and won the game. So uh, 
they're all good teams. They all have good players. But uh, gosh, uh, it could still be. Again, it could still be. Uh, Oregon State probably not, only because I've been told that uh, the Holiday Bowl wants them. But Utah would be a great team to have here. USC would be a great team to have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while, we thought that we had a shot at Arizona, but, boy, they are playing some pretty good football Lights right out. Now. Lights, Lights out. out football. They have Arizona State, yeah. and I think that if, they, if they beat Arizona State, I think they might wind up someplace like the Alamo Bowl. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. Again, we have to wait till December 3rd. But uh, on the other side, you know, there's, there's all kinds of possibilities. There's a lot of teams that can wind up with the same record. So not only Miami. Uh, but, you know, Georgia Tech is there, Duke is there, North Carolina State or UNC might be there, depending on who wins their game. So a lot of choices. the choices will be, will, be, uh, will be plenty. But in talking to my colleagues and, you know, the other executive directors of the Bulls that are in our system, it, it looks like Miami might be available unless something weird happens. And uh, any of those teams are good. We, we, I think I, I've been saying it all year because they've had such great – um, uh, non-conference uh, uh, records that I think that we're going to that I thought we were going to have a great uh, a great matchup, and I think it's, it's going to come to fruition. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, Miami is six and five, and that's one of the they've got the Friday game against BC. But if they win that and they go seven and five, yeah. uh, you could have uh, Miami USC. I think that would be a pretty popular one for a lot of uh, people, including CBS. That's right, and you know, and BC is also you know bowl eligible too. So, that's right. So if, you know, if they lose, they'd still be bowl eligible. So there's a chance that they might have a chance. But we would probably have a team that's probably seven and five, a little yep. bit uh, better coming into the game. Good for you. I'm yeah. excited. Okay, um, we uh, as we get ready for the Chick Fil A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl contest, uh, our special guest, as we mentioned before, Rocky Perez. Uh, former UTEP quarterback and uh, somebody that knows El Paso very well. Uh, before we get to Rocky and get our picks this week, i got to ask you, you uh, went and skyrocketed up the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest standings. Uh, you were 8 out of 10. In fact, Adrian and I were talking about this. You could have come so close to winning all 10 games last It was close. Week. It was close. But um, you go 8 out of 10. I go 4 out of 10. <laughs> and Adrian goes 4 out of 10. I think that uh, leapfrogs me to the top, does it not? You have a one-game lead over me now after that. There you one go. One-game lead. So, there you yes. go. And is this our last week picking games? Well, we have Championship Saturday next weekend. We, Do know, we count that, Championship Saturday we, for I our we, first? I think, we have, I think we have in the past. Okay. So you have two weeks left to go. Um, Adrian, uh, you are, I believe, are you two or three back of me? Okay, so the scoring right now. 84 Bernie, 83 you, Steve, and 81 yours truly. Okay. So you can still do it. And by the way, I, I went from, this is interesting, I went from picking 8 out of 10 in week 10, 9 out of 10 in week 11, to 4 out of 10 in week 12. I finally had the clunker that I was waiting for because last week was so tough. I'm still waiting for a 10, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Get that one of these years. Yeah, good luck. Me, I would like. I wish for that too. Um, we're going to bring Rocky on next. We're going to pick games, but before we do, Bernie, I want to play a little trivia. Give somebody a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl coming up on December 29th. Here's a good one. There's only one college football game on Thanksgiving Day, which you can watch, of course, after the Glacine Bias Interman Injury Lawyer Sun Bowl Parade. That game is Old Miss versus Mississippi State. Only college game is going to be played on Thanksgiving afternoon. For two tickets to the 90th annual Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game, how many times has each of those teams played in the Sun Bowl and 
in what years? Mm. Okay. That is Ole Miss and Mississippi State. How many times has each of those teams played in the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl, and what years did they play? It's a good question. I, I think like it's that. a good one. I like that one a lot. 505-6009, our telephone number. First person with the correct answer wins. We'll pick games next. Hopefully have a trivia winner, and we'll say hello to uh, Rocky Perez right after Charlie won in this traffic update. Utah football with Dana Dimmel. We've got Bernie Olivas here right now, our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch, and it's our weekly segment. We call this the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Selectum Contest with our special guest picker this week, former UTEP uh, quarterback and uh, one of our favorites, Rocky Perez, will be joining us uh, to pick games. Rocky, uh, it's been a long time since we've had a chance to talk to you. I know you're joining us uh, out there from uh, your home in San Antonio. How are you? I'm doing good. I, can you guys hear me? We hear you fine. You sound great. Yeah. No, I'm doing well. I got my family out here. We're getting ready to head out to Houston for Thanksgiving. I have my my middle son in a soccer tournament this weekend down there. So we're actually going to be spending Thanksgiving in H town. So everything's going well. My kids, my family, I couldn't complain. I do miss El Paso. I actually get to travel out there a lot for work. So it's like my second home. So it's my nice. wife's family's from there. So we miss them dearly. And I visited a lot and I miss you football. That's for sure. Well, listen, it's great to have you back. Uh, we're about to start picking games. We'll explain how this works. But before we do, Michael Alarcon is our winner for uh, our Sun Bowl trivia. How about that, Bernie? Michael Alarcon able to take care of our trivia quiz today. Oh, well, that's congratulations. And like I said, the, the, the question was that there's only one college football game to be played on Thanksgiving Day in a couple of days, and that would be Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. And the, the winner would get... Uh, two tickets to the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl if he could name the teams and what years they played in the Sun Bowl. And he correctly guessed that Ole Miss has played one time in the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl, and that was in 1967, and they actually lost to UTEP 14-7. to And Mississippi State has played in the Sun Bowl two times, once in 1974 versus North Carolina, which they beat 26-24, and in 1980 versus Nebraska, who Very they nice. lost 31-17. to So congratulations on getting the right answer, and we'll see you on December the 29th at noon at the Sun Bowl Stadium for the 90th annual Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl football game. All right, there we go. That is uh, that is it. That's all Michael had to do, and he took care of it. Very impressive and uh, happy for him. So now we get the opportunity to go uh, shift over, picking games, and uh, here's how this is going to work, Rocky. We have uh, 10 games uh, in the ACC and the Pac-12. I'll give you the matchups. We'll go through the point spreads for entertainment purposes only. And for information purposes only, but all we really need is your prediction, and all four of us will see uh, who ends up winning the most. Like Bernie last week when he took home 8 out of 10, he did really, wow. really well. So I know. I'm telling you, Bernie's still, uh, he's still gloating about that. He really is. <laughs> I'd, had, had bad, I'd had a bad year up until then. You've been, yeah, but you redeemed yourself. You redeemed yourself in one week. I'm so impressed. Which takes us to game number one. 
And we'll start off with you, Rocky. It's six and five Miami visiting six and five Boston College. Uh, this game is going to be at Alumni Stadium in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. They're the same record. BC is three and four in the ACC. Miami is two and five in the ACC. And Miami eight point road favorites in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Miami. I thought they had a heartbreaking loss, and I feel like they're up for redemption and want to get to a better bowl. So I'm gonna go with Miami. All right, Miami it is, which takes us now to Bernie. Bernie, uh, Rocky goes Miami. How about you? I agree with Rocky. I think Miami, uh, I think, you know, they're both bowl eligible already, but I think Miami is playing to play in a higher bowl, and I think they will play, I think they will beat Boston College. All right. Adrian, your turn. I'm going Miami as well. Steve, are you going uh, the U so we could be four for four, or are you going different? Four for four, my friend, all picking Miami in this one. So there we go. We're off the ground, and everybody is going with uh, Miami. That takes us to the Friday game, 6.30. Uh, it'll be on Fox. Number 11, Oregon State visiting number 6, Oregon. Oregon's 10-1, and 7-1 in the Pac-12. Oregon State is 8-3, and 5-3 and in the Pac-12. It's in Eugene. It's the Civil War. And Oregon, Bernie, 13.5-point favorites over the Beavers. I think that Oregon is playing for a lot more than Oregon State is playing for this week. They are playing at home. I am going with the Ducks. They are looking for a CFP position uh, if they can get by Oregon State and Washington. Uh, so I th- I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the Ducks. All right. Adrian, your turn. No question. I'm not picking with the Beavers. I'm picking the Ducks in this one. Uh, I think Oregon might be the second-best team in the Pac-12. It's um, you know obviously evident by their record and where they stand right now. Give me the Ducks. Three for three. I'm also going Oregon at home over Oregon State. Rocky, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Oregon as well, although I don't think they'll cover the spread. It's a rivalry game. I think it should be a closer game than, than that, but I will go with Oregon to win that game. All right. That takes us to game number three. Game number three is going to feature Duke and Pittsburgh. Duke is 6-5, and 3-4 and four in the ACC. Pitt is 3-8. and eight. Two and five in the ACC. It's in Durham at Wallace Wade Stadium. The Blue Devils, six-point favorites, Adrian, at home. Give me the Blue Devils. Uh, I know they lost last week, and I know they've lost actually back-to-back, but I feel like they need a big win to close out the season to justify their bowl appearance coming up here soon. Uh, I, I feel like they finish out seven and five on the season. All right. So far, uh, there it is. Adrian's going Duke. I will go Duke as well. We are two for two. Now it's your turn, Rocky. I'm going to go with Duke also. I think there's a lot riding on the season, and I think the coach wants to make a statement as well, so I'm going to go Duke. All right, Bernie, your turn. Yeah, I like Duke. I I like Duke. I like their coach. I like Pitt. I like their coach. Pitt pulled off a win last week that they didn't. I didn't think they were going to that they were going to do, but uh, at home, uh, and again, Duke's one of those teams playing for a lot more than, than everybody else. I am going with the Blue Devils. All right, let's go to Game Four. It's Wake Forest visiting Syracuse. Wake is four and seven, one and six in the ACC. Syracuse is five and six, one and six in the ACC. So they're both one and six. It's at JMA Wireless Dome in Syracuse, New York, and uh, the Qs. Three-point favorites. I'll lead us off with this. Gentlemen, I'm going Syracuse. 
pause. If they win, they're bowl eligible. Wake Forest cannot be bowl eligible. Syracuse can. They got a ton to play for here. And for that, Rocky, I'll take Syracuse at home. Uh, I'm going to do the same. Like you said, playing for a bowl is a big deal. Um, So I'm going to go with them at home. All right. Bernie, your turn. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed with Wake Forest this year. I thought they were going to be really, really good. Uh, Syracuse has been down a little bit. I tell you what, they haven't been to a bowl game in a while. I am going with the Orange. And Adrian. I think Wake uh, plays spoiler here. They've lost four in a row. Uh, The Demon Deacons have recently lost 45-7 against Notre Dame. I feel like they get right, they shock people, and they beat Syracuse this weekend. Give me Wake Forest. Game number five, number 22, Utah at home against Colorado. Colorado's 4-7, and 1-7 and seven in the Pac-12. Utah, 22nd in the country, 7-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in the Pac-12. It's in Salt Lake City, and Utah, Rocky, 22-point favorites. Uh, I was unfortunate to get go play up there in Utah. It's a very tough place to play. Um, I'm going to take Utah in this one, although I think Colorado will, will give them a good game. I'm going to stick with the U's for this one. All right, Bernie, your turn. See, and I think I think Colorado's mailed it in. Uh, I think they, you know they have nothing to play for. They've had a rough end of the year. Uh, you know, Utah would like to get into one of those you know upper echelon games again. Uh, a lot of teams are playing for a lot of things this weekend and next weekend, but I am sticking with the Utes. All right, Adrian, your turn. I finally quit Colorado. It just took eleven games, Steve. So I'll take Utah. Good. Raw unanimous going Utah in this one. Game number six, Virginia Tech and Virginia. Virginia's three and eight, two and five in the ACC. Virginia Tech is five and six, four and three in the ACC. It's in Charlottesville, Virginia at Scott Stadium. And Tech, three point road favorites, Bernie. And they're going to, and they will win it. I think they'll win it by a lot more than three points. I am going with Virginia Tech. Adrian. I'm going Virginia. Virginia's look frisky these past uh, couple weeks. Give me uh, the Cavaliers at home. I'm with Bernie. Virginia Tech is playing for everything on the line, including a chance to be bowl eligible. I'll take Tech, which sends us now to Rocky. I'm going to go with Virginia at home in this rivalry game. I, I like their quarterback. I think he's scrappy. I think they're going to pull off the upset. I'm going to go with Virginia. All right, Virginia it is, which takes us now to our next game, and that is going to be number 16, Arizona, visiting Arizona State. It is the annual uh, rivalry that uh, a lot of us get pretty excited about, although this year it's been a tale of two teams. Arizona State is home, but they're 3-8, and 2-6 and six in the Pac-12, playing for pride, while Arizona is 17th in the country, 8-3, 6-2 in the Pac-12. Arizona, Adrian, Ten-and-a-half-point road favorites in Tempe. They've won five in a row, make it six after this weekend. No matchup required for uh, the Wildcats in this game. They absolutely dominate the Sun Devils, who are uh, reeling this year. All right, we're in agreement. Uh, I also think Arizona will win. Rocky, what about you? Absolutely, Arizona. They're one of the teams I don't think anybody wants to play right now. They've had a great season, great turnaround. And like Bernie said, I'd love to see them down here in the Alamo Bowl. That'd be awesome. Bernie, wrap it up with you. You know, if, if you look at the history of this game, every time one of these two teams needed to win their game to go somewhere, either to a bowl or to be bowl eligible or to have a winning season, that team lost. But not this week. <laughs> Arizona, I think, is, I, think, I think they'll cover. I think they're going to win by more than 10. 
All right. Hey, we got three games to go. We'll pick them next right after this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian standing by with the latest. Thank you very much. All right, we got three games to go. We're back right now with not only Bernie Olivas, the executive director of the Sumble Association, but also Rocky Perez, our special guest picker this week, former UTEP quarterback who's going to lead us off in a minute. But before we do, let's get to game number seven. I'll have the honors of starting us off for number 17, Notre Dame, visiting Stanford. The Irish, 8-3. and three. Stanford, 3-8. and eight. It's at Stanford Stadium. Notre Dame, 26-point favorites. I know these two teams have a lot of history here, but Rocky, the way these, uh, this season has gone for both, I see Notre Dame winning and uh, winning pretty convincingly here. I'm going to have to agree with you, Steve. Uh, they looked pretty good last week, and they have a lot to play for, and they're a very deep team. I think they're going to take care of business as well. All right, uh, Bernie. Go fight Irish. And Adrian. No question about it, Notre Dame. Okay. Two games to go. This one is an interesting one in for a lot of reasons, okay? It is your in-state battle, North Carolina visiting North Carolina State. NC State is 22nd in the country. They're 5-2 and two in the league, 8-3 and three at home. Uh, North Carolina is 8-3 and three as well, 4-3 and three in the ACC. It's going to be uh, in Raleigh at Carter-Finley Stadium. North Carolina, three-point road favorites, Rocky, in the big one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. I was fortunate enough to see Drake May play in the first game of the year against South Carolina um, live, and I saw and I'm a big Mac Brown fan in big games. I think he's one of the best coaches. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels on the road. All right, Tar Heels it is. Uh, what about you, Bernie? Again, two of my favorite coaches out there, Mac Brown and Dave Doran, are awesome. They've both been at some bowl before. I've seen them both play. I saw Drake make, uh, may play, you know, in person. But I tell you what, in person, he's a totally different. You can totally different quarterback. He is so good when you look at him in person. His arm strength, his his, his accuracy, uh, and and I like I like NC State, but I have to go. I have to go with the Tar Heels. All right, Adrian, your turn. So I have a wish that the North Carolina Tar Heels will be at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So for that wish to come true, I'm hoping that number 22 NC State wins. So I'll pick them, the Wolfpack, this weekend. I'm in agreement with you, and I think uh, people really have to realize NC State has won four in a row. They beat Miami. They beat Clemson. They're home in this one. I'm going to go NC State as well, Adrian, and think they'll handle North Carolina, which could send the Tar Heels to El Paso. Final game of the week, and uh, that is going to be UCLA and Cal. UCLA is 7-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in the Pac-12. They're hosting 5-6 and six California. Three and five in the Pac-12. It's at the Rose Bowl. UCLA, Bernie, eight and a half point favorites. I thought UCLA got off to a, to a bad start this year and have been getting proving and getting better and getting better and getting better. And I think uh, you know Cal. You know they're five and six. They need this game badly to become bowl eligible. But I don't think they're going to do it. I think UCLA will prevail here. All right, your turn, Adrian. Uh, give me UCLA in this one, although this will be the last time we see Cal versus UCLA in a while. I mean, this one will not be a conference game anymore after this year, so maybe we cherish this weekend. Cal-UCLA, I'll stick with the Bruins. I'm with you guys. As much as I love to see Cal get bowl eligible, I just 
don't think they beat UCLA in this one, uh, especially when UCLA can finish 8-4 and four and uh, looking forward to seeing which bowl they'll end up with. I will say Bruins as well, which takes us to Rocky. Rocky, are you in agreement, or are you going to go Cal with the upset? I'd love to take the upset, but I don't think so. Rose Bowl is a tough place to play. UCLA has a lot riding on it, and I agree with Bernie. They started off a little bit slow, but they've been picking it up as of lately, and they're playing strong. I'm going to go with the Bruins as well. All right. That takes us to our tiebreaker. Total number of points scored during the Oregon State-Oregon game. Uh, again, uh, Rocky, you have the honors in this one. The total number of points, I'm going to say 76. L- let me give you the over-under just so you're aware. The over-under is 62-and-a-half. Okay. Um, maybe not so high scoring then. Okay, I'll go. I'll say 65. 65 for Rocky. What about you, Bernie? That's what I had. I had 65 as well. 65 for Bernie. Adrian? I locked in 64. We must have been on the same wavelength over here. I love it. I'm 67. So we're all going over, but not by a ton, which is good. Well, Rocky, congratulations. You survived our weekly uh, segment here for the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest, and hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to touch base with you guys. Uh, Like I said, I miss El Paso and look forward to visiting you again soon. So appreciate you for having me. Hey, Rocky, you were the quarterback in 1997 when UTEP pulled the big upset against BYU, were you not? I was, but unfortunately I got hit so hard that game, I don't remember much of it, but yes, I was. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, but that was the year after BYU had won the national championship, I believe, came into town, and I don't know, I I, I know I was at that game, but you know, I think there's been a hundred thousand people who have said that they were at that game, but when you, but if you, if you remember, if anybody was really there, there wasn't ten thousand people in that stadium. But that was such a big win, carried the goalpost out up and threw them over the oh, that's over, right. over the stands in the back. I don't know a lot of people who are listening know that, but congratulations on that. We still talk about that that game. Just want to let everybody know that that you were the one that pulled that huge upset against uh, yeah, against no. BYU in the Sun Bowl Stadium. Yeah, I, I have so many great memories. Of the of the of the Sun Bowl, especially my senior year, selling out the Sun Bowl the last three three games of the year, incredible place, beautiful place to play. So, I miss that for sure. I hope we bring that back, Rocky. I really do. I hope we get that same kind of feeling back. But hey, listen. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving to you, the family, and uh, we appreciate you giving us a little time and uh, joining us here on our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. Y'all have a great one. Rocky Perez, folks, as we get ready to wrap things up with Bernie. Well, you got the parade coming up on Thursday. You're going to be part of the broadcast team for the parade, aren't you? Yeah, I usually am. Uh, like I said, I've been out at the warehouse watching floats go up, so I'll try to give a little uh, uh, expertise on how they were built and, and, what they, and, and, and what they're about. But they are some beautiful floats out there this year, very colorful. Again, the theme is rock and roll extravaganza. And our, our grand marshal is Tough Hittiman, three-time world champion uh, bull rider. So uh, come on out. The weather's going to be fantastic. Starts at 10 o'clock on Ochoa. Goes east on Montana for 
2.7 miles ends at, uh, at Copia. When's the best time to get there if you're looking for a good parking spot and just a good spot in the parade in general? Uh, Wednesday, about 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? It is amazing. I, 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 right before I go home on Wednesday night, you go down Montana, and there's, there are so many people camped out on those curbs to make sure they get a great, they get a good thing. We want to remind a, a good seat, but want to remind you that we do have grandstand tickets if you don't want to sit on the, cur- on the curb. Uh, they thought they're ten dollars. They uh, it is at the uh, uh, sixteen hundred Montana run the parade route. Got grandstands there. You can sit there, enjoy. You got your private. Uh, you know, you know, bathrooms there, and yep. you get parking. Of course, parking is a first come, first serve. You know, in in the back, in the back of the in back of the uh, the grandstand. So, uh, if you don't want to stand, come on out. To uh, come on out, ten dollars, ten dollars a ticket. And again, you get to sit and watch the parade go by. Fantastic, Bernie. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It's always great to see you. Appreciate you coming over to Rudy's today for us, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back and uh, talking to you again uh, next week as we get a little more clarity regarding our uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl matchup. More fun I have all week most of the time. This is great. Thank you for, thank you very much for doing this. You too, Adrian. Thanks a lot. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy there Thanksgiving he is. Bernie to you, Olivas, Bernie. folks. Love that. As we uh, get ready to uh, wrap up our two hours together, UTEP football with Dana Dimmel coming up here at 6 o'clock, so stay with us. We are live, folks. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue out here on the west side, I-10 and Artcraft, 6-7 to seven with special guest UTEP quarterback Cade McConnell right here, 600 ESPN El Paso.